0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by fullscale.io. And we're back back for another episode of Startup Hustle Matt DeCorsi here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. So, you know, everyone's talking about NFTs. They're all over the place. I think very few people understand the mechanics of what they are and how they work. And especially when it comes to how do you earn with NFTs. And we're going to learn a whole lot about that today. Now, before we get too far into that, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Canva, where you go to collaborate and create amazing graphic designs for free. Whether it's a presentation to sh- or to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation with Canva, You can design anything. Discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Just go to canva.com to learn more. I'm a huge fan of Canva. Canva took me and turned me into a graphic designer pretty much. And I would like to thank Canva for that because it makes my life a lot easier. Now, speaking of making my life a lot easier, I've got an expert here today to explain to me how you can earn with NFTs. So with me today, I've got Dan Navias and Dan is the CEO of Mode Mobile and the creator of the Earn FT Network. I guess we should just go ahead and say, you know, straight out of Chicago, Illinois, Dan, welcome to Start a Hustle.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm actually in now South Florida, but uh, you know, as the rest of the crypto boom of the U.S. Uh, has moved to. But uh, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, well, so you know, I think we're gonna let's just dive right in. So, you know, as the creator, you're talking about earning through NFTs and being the creator of Earn FT, and uh, you know, you can go to ModeMobile.com, and that's Dan's. Uh, what, w- there's a link for that in the show notes. You can also go to Earn FT. That's Kind of spelled like ear with an NFT.com just to make it easy. There's a link for that in the show notes too. But, you know, Dan, why don't we just get started with a little bit of your backstory and, and what brought us to all this today?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, gotten into uh, starting from way back a while ago. Uh, always been an entrepreneur. Um, you know, started uh, originally was from uh, Brazil and grew up between US and Brazil my whole life. Uh, started an econ business when I was in high school. And, um, you know, fell in love with entrepreneurship and was able to scale that to a couple million dollars a year in revenue by the time I was a senior in high school, uh, that then moved me into kind of like digital web creation, um, a really large music website before the Spotify days. Um, and then that just kind of like propelled into this career of kind of, uh, you know, building apps, um, and, uh, fell in love with the concept of like super apps and emerging technologies. You know, mobile today is is really focused around building this um, what we call an earning operating system, and really the idea here is to uh, reward users uh, for uh, their their time and attention and data, and we do that by uh, you know taking everything they do from the moment they wake up until they go to sleep, even while they're sleeping, and create rewards for it. Um, That ultimately led to this ideation around what was happening with Web three, and because you know the 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 user base that we focus on, at least on that side of the business, is one that is more budget conscious. And so you're trying to come up with creative ways to create value for people and expose them to new technologies, expose them to value. And uh, Web3 fit really nicely into that narrative. And it's just one of many things that we do. Um, but that's ultimately how we got to the RNFT uh, network and the uh, creation behind that. Um, today, you know, we have several millions of monthly active users using the product. The company has over 100 team members um, and have raised over $40 million in capital.
0: Well, congratulations about that. That's no small task. Now, did I hear you correctly when I heard you say that you had created a SaaS or some type of platform that was generating a couple million dollars a year in revenue before you graduated from high school?
1: Yes. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm in my early thirties now. So this was about, uh, like, yeah, half, half my life ago. Uh, so it was like 16 years ago. It wasn't a SaaS though. It was more e-com. Um, I think, you know, where I've at the time, like where I saw a, a big opportunity was, um, you know, just growing up in different environments, I think uh, having this worldview has always been a big impact in all the businesses I've ever launched, um, you know, and, and the, the crux of it was that, you know, there's a big price arbitrage and price difference of when things come out in these different countries. And so um, that's really where we focused in um, was like reselling these services, uh, these, these consumer goods in Brazil and UK, Australia. Um, And then, you know, that just kind of got me into e-com, right? And then that moved into then, uh, you know, the digital side of the business, uh, because that is a totally different realm. And then I fell in love with the concept of digital businesses, because I was like, wow, you don't have to have inventory, you don't lose stuff. Like, you know, I had like a disaster that happened one time where one of our warehouses got robbed, and I lost like half of our inventory, it was not insured. And that was like this thing where I was like, I need to find a different business line, you know, and then that was uh, (laughs) where I found out of that, but. Ecom is great you know that wouldn't happen now because like, you have like the risk mitigation but when you're young you know you're uh, living fast living risky you know which is you know you don't you don't think about those things
0: so when we talk about mode mobile I mean how, how are people using that to make money
1: yeah so so mode mobile uh, our whole concept is is around creating like supplemental income for budget conscious consumers and so uh, we really focus you know the the effort on um, you know these households, and you know it, it'll differ by country, um, but I say it's like a fifty to or like a, a, a twenty to sixty thousand dollar a year type household. So it's people that like um, you know thirty to fifty extra bucks a month on average will make a big difference. So our vision is actually to um, you know it's not necessarily to uh, you know change what they're doing on every day to create income. It's just to create a little bit more supplemental. And the ultimate goal is actually uh, is to be able to eventually. Uh, fully subsidize the cost of their smartphone and data plan. Um, so much so that we actually launched our own smartphone, uh, that actually pays you as you use it. Um, and this is like billions of consumers. It's a very widespread problem. Um, and, uh, you'd be, you'd be shocked at seeing the t- ages of the demographics of the people that still use our service. You know, it's very evenly distributed from like 18 to 55 years old, um, which I think is credence to the total addressable market size and, um, that underlying problem, especially as we head into like the recession, um, or, or kind of like the weird economic environment that we find ourselves in today.
0: So you can go to modephone.com to learn more about that. So this is like, might be like a total rookie or newbie kind of question. Where does the money come from? Yeah. Like who's paying the users to use mode phone or, or earn FT? Yeah.
1: So the way, the way I like to think about it is, um, and, and just, you know, high level to really set up the framework here. Uh, so mode mobile is a traditional kind of like web two company. But I would say it's like Web three enabled, and so think about that like a Web two platform. So, you know, as a traditional corporate structure, uh, you know, we control that underlying you know uh, company. And fundamentally, what we're doing is uh, we're working with advertisers, financial services, game developers, market research companies, and there is like an earning rate um, associated to every action that you do within the software. And um, you know, it can be downloaded from Google Play. You could use our phone and earn faster, um, however you want to do it. Um, but fundamentally the more you do, the more you earn. And this really comes down to this principle of, 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 kind of like, you know, uh, fixing the problem with the attention economy and sharing back that revenue today, when you use Google, when you use Facebook, when you use these services, you're not getting rewarded, right? That data is, is there. And that's the big problem. What got us into this whole web three movement and ultimately the creation of, uh, EarnFT network, which is, um, it, it's, it's its own entity, right? Web, like it's, it's meant to be um, a decentralized um, autonomous organization. That's what we're moving towards. And so there's kind of like two different entities. So you have this Web2 company, um, which is Mode Mobile, and it is partnered with web, the Web3 company, which is EarnFT Network, but that's not made just for Mode Mobile, right? So the way that people are essentially earning is uh, through this like Web3 enabled reward ecosystem. So kind of what you're seeing in play to earn. And that's what's happening in Mode Mobile. We make it super easy for people. They don't need crypto wallets, They can earn points if they want to play with crypto and redeem their points for crypto or NFTs or whatever they can, Um, but we don't make it to be so. And I think that that's a really big opportunity. And that vision behind our NFT network is really to interconnect the millions of people that use these Web2 platforms, so cashback platforms, games, whatever it might be, um, and, and and then expose them to Web3 rewards, right? Because I think the Web3 it's like if we could take um, you know, a timeline back 25 years ago, right, to like the, the late 90s, and it's not necessarily apples to apples, but um, if you could expose that in some way, like these people to um, you know, a share of Apple stock or a share of uh, <clears throat> Amazon, uh, that could materially change that life for that person, right? That transition from web one to web two and web two. Well, now we're in this transition of web three, we're not fully there. But that's kind of the underlying thought of of being able to expose digital assets um, to uh, you know the everyday person and billions of people, and that's kind of like the uh, you know mission behind um, you know Mode Mobile and how uh, NFT fits and intertwines in that mission.
0: So according to your site on earn FT, there's 16 different ways that you can earn and uh, go real fast. It's every music, games, news, surfing, charging, sharing, weather, tasks, cash, crypto, finance, data, lock screen mode, watching, saving and fitness. Uh, So, so who, so... Let's just say that. All right. Well, you mentioned music. I worked in the music industry for ten years, so yeah. <laughs> let's just use music as an example because I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, so it, let's take this back from like I'm a musician, and I'm and I I want to want to I want to participate and earn FT. So how does that work from from the beginning mm-hmm. all the way through the part where people are earning through it?
1: Yeah. So, so actually, uh, so yeah, so that's on the ModFund website. So on the platform, um, you know, what we're essentially doing there is uh, think about it more for, let's think about it more from the end user perspective. So uh, think about like a platform like Pandora, right. Or, uh, or, 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 uh, you know, TuneIn or any of these platforms, right. That stream music. What we do is we aggregate um, hundreds of thousands of these stations um, that our consumers can listen to. Um, and they're listening to music just as if they would on a Pandora or a Tune-in or anything like that. As they're listening, um, the, they're getting rewarded a certain amount of points uh, per minute. And that balance, the accelerator of what they're actually earning per minute goes up and down depending on them doing value-add actions in the product. So the more value-add actions you do, and the more you want to do, so it's up to you, we don't force you to do it, the faster you're The more passive you want to be, and if you just want to listen to music and be passive about it, the less you earn, but you still get the music for free, right? And what we're essentially doing is, um, is is giving you the choice. And that's the most important thing, is give people the choice. And so as they're earning those points, they could then take those points and then redeem that for things like NFTs or crypto or PayPal or both, right? The idea is to give the consumer the end choice. Now, on the creator side, uh, those streams, like they're getting paid for those streams in more of a traditional mechanic. So it's less about like creating decentralized music in that sense, at least on the mode mobile side, um, because they're still getting rewarded and still getting paid on the way that they would get through like, you know, uh, royalty rates, et cetera. But it's kind of us focusing on the things that people do each day. And each one of those modes represents something that we do. Um, And we just expose them to other opportunities to you know create, uh, you know, a little bit of extra income and expose them to other services they may be interested in. So that could be anything from like working with financial services, banks, crypto uh, funds, games, etc. And so we're exposing them. And those are the value add actions that I mean, um, wh- that impact your earning rate, if that makes sense.
0: So, uh, and so and just to clarify with the value add, that could be anything like you occasionally, I don't know, you're talking web two kind of stuff. And you get an ad that pops up and it says take a survey. And maybe yeah. you do, maybe you don't. Maybe or do, do, or do maybe whatever.
1: Don't. Yeah, yeah, and, and it'll, it's 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 and it's more of like it's we do it based on like a that or that rating, and then you have like you know it it stands there for a certain amount of hours. If they do the survey, um, or they give us the insight, um, they'll get more points for that, right? And then that will also impact their earning rate, so they're earning at the same time. And again, it's like. There, pe- people are going to listen to music anyways. They're going to play games anyways. They're going to read the news anyways. Like, so our whole focus, like, like literally we created a software that when you plug in your uh, phone to charge, it'll reward you to charge, right? And you can turn it off, right? And it, some people don't want it on, whatever, but it'll reward you for that. But it's like, we know that people are going to do that, right? And the, the thing is, is like allow people to have that. And I think today, Mode Mobile is the closest company in the world uh, to get to a point that we can create enough uh, you know, rewards and revenue for this uh, specific demographic uh, to, to create the first free phone and free device um, for people. And our goal isn't to be a phone manufacturer. We actually license this software to other phone manufacturers and really this concept of earned phones. But if you think about that, that's the future. Whoever creates that, that's a trillion dollar opportunity um, because you're breaking down barriers, of communication, knowledge. And I think that that's kind of like part of this whole Web3 narrative is about, um, you know, opening up the borders of, uh, to anyone, anywhere around the world um, and breaking down those digital barriers.
0: What, what else is this disrupting? Uh,
1: well, I mean, in what sense? Can you, uh, like, in, in the, the question?
0: Well, so, so I look at, like, okay, the way that music is consumed, for an example. Like, if you're listening to Spotify, uh, you're either paying to subscribe Right. And then uh, then you don't you're not subjected to ads or you're not. And then you're subjected to ads. So Spotify never pays me. Yeah. Unless I'm an advertiser. Sure. So something's being disrupted here. If if we're going to now pay people to consume now, part of which. So when you know one of the things that's been a hot topic with Web2 type stuff and you'll hear people say this, like so, you know, when you use Facebook for free which means you're the product. You're the product, right? exactly. Cuz you're not paying them. So are the are the people that are earning through this, do they become the product still? Yeah, well, I think you're not cuz technically by that definition, you're no longer the product if you're being paid to use it.
1: Well, I think yeah, there's two schools of thought and at least uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, one is, you know, you can take the Apple route, which is like, you know, uh, the the very like privacy focused, but one can argue that that was also to boost the amount of revenue that they are on like the search ads because it was a pretty pitiful business Um, and now it's a booming business for them and they crushed Facebook in several ways Um, and iOS users tend to be higher income users, right? Because the iOS phone, the iPhone is expensive. But that's one route. The other route is, uh, you know, there is this subset of billions of people around the world that can't afford to spend like 10 bucks per subscription for six services and that's like, you know, $2,000 a year And that is the majority, right? It may not be the people listening to this podcast. It may not be the people that, you know, work at our company, but that is the majority of people. And the idea is if you give the user the choice, you don't force anything down their throats, you just give them the choice and allow them to earn or not earn as much as they want, um, that that is the most equitable model. And I think that that's kind of like where I talk about this Web3 enabled um, platform, is, 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 is this, is this general concept. And, um, and I think that that's, what's disrupting. And what we're doing is essentially sharing a portion of the revenue that, you know, as a platform we're earning, um, you know, back with the consumer um, but we're not incentivizing them to like click on ads and stuff like that. Like we've created a model that essentially is aligns incentives amongst the advertisers um, of all calibers, the, the research providers, et cetera the users and the platform. And that is, and I think that that's the kind of beauty of kind of this like more web three like philosophy, or just doing it in more like web two environments because that's where we are with the tech today. You know, like web three is still pretty clunky for most people. And, um, and that's why we kind of consider, you know, the mobile part of our business as a web three enabled company. Um, But it's not full web three, whereas RNFT is a, is a pretty web full web three type of solution. Um, And they just have like a, you know, a relationship with one another, like partnership.
0: So you've got 16 total modes in here for earning. Like, what's is one of these just clearly the champion right now?
1: Well, we we started out. The whole concept of this uh, of, of this was actually kind of somewhat brought on by accident. Like, you know, we the way we stumbled upon this concept, as I mentioned earlier, was around this. Uh, we really like the super app concept, right? That's always been super um, you know interesting to me. Like the WeChats of the world, Kakao Line these apps, these super apps of Asia. And I, and then, you know, really thought that that was going to be the model for here. And, and it took a bit longer. Now we're moving towards that again. But uh, initially what we built was a music super app and we aggregated like seven different music services, but we weren't rewarding people. What we found though is that, uh, you know, and I think this is a great entrepreneurial lesson, right? Since a lot of people that listen to your podcast are entrepreneurs, um, we weren't getting great traction. Uh, and, and, you know, but we were getting some users in there and then the users that were using it, we were like, asked like, Hey, like, why are you using this product? And they're like, well, I don't pay for streaming services. And this has the most amount of APIs and music services in one place. And so instead of doubling down on like more music services, we asked, well, why don't you pay for them? Because I mean, te- I mean, I pay for streaming, like my co-founder pays for streaming, like we're not necessarily the audience, but we found that, Hey, this is a certain type of person. Like this is. A person that lives in a certain type of income bracket has certain types of opportunity, and is f- with no way whether they're either fully against it or they can't afford it, they are not going to pay for streaming. And then then we're like, well, what if we focus on that problem instead? Um, and then we just put up a lander right at the time. It was like uh, get rewarded to listen to music, and suddenly we had like three hundred thousand uh, you know people sign up for that. You know, and then that was a really interesting. We didn't even have it built yet. And then we're like, okay, we're going to focus on that. And then that's actually what led our revolution into the crypto side of things and more thinking about Web3 and rewarding people, um, you know, for that data, time and attention. And then that changed our lives, you know, kind of where we focus on. That was like in 2016, 2017. um, And that's how we got here. So I would say music is is like kind of the initial, um, we've now moved into, you know, games and music together, but it's it's hard to say, like financial services is a really big component of our revenue. Isn't necessarily why people come into the product in the first place. But, you know, we see our product more as a financial service product than anything else, um, because that's a relationship that we're developing. And now we're developing the solutions to be able to have that uh, like a wallet inside the product and then be able to buy like crypto, fractional stocks, um, et cetera, and create that portfolio for that cohort of user uh, just through their attention, time and data um, and, and allowing them to you know, invest those earnings and grow their wealth, you know.
0: So many more questions, so many more. Now, before I get into those, as a reminder t- today's episode of startup hustle is brought to us by Canva with Canva. You can design your ideas with ease. You can get inspired. They have over half a million free templates and a rich content library that helps you and your team achieve your goals, sign up and start designing for free at Canva.com. Now, you know, just as a, as a quick statement here, uh, You know, Canva Canva changed the way I did business and it did it for free. And I ended up becoming a subscriber afterward, but I use it for so many different things. Everything from like social media posts, I often make, uh, very quick and crude drawings and and wireframes and stuff like that for our developers and a whole lot of other people and it just really made uh, life easier for me when I was able to visualize so many things that are stuck in my head. I think that as an entrepreneur, you often know what you need to describe, show, demonstrate. And then if you're not a graphic designer, you are usually drawing it on the back of a bar napkin. So I got away from that and that was probably a good thing for me, Dan. So um, now back to our conversation. And once again, uh, I'm here today with Dan Navias and he's the CEO of Mode Mobile and the creator of the Earn FT Network. This is, I mentioned before we hit record that I employ a couple hundred developers and they're all in the Philippines. And Um, as I was doing research for this episode and this whole series on NFTs, uh, I realized that the Philippines is one of the top places for play to earn games. And it really like that, that, that's where this starts making sense because you also mentioned a couple other things too. So like over, like here in the U S it's like so many people use Apple. Yeah. Uh, It's almost all Android in the Philippines because the iPhone's super expensive. And also you mentioned like, so there's just these big differences in like in economics and you know how much things cost. So a, a 20 dollar a month to give you some perspective as a listener, a 20 dollar a month subscription uh, here in the US I say here, we're, we're in the US., but in the Philippines, the, that would be like six times more. That would be the equivalent, like, would you pay 120 dollars a month to subscribe to Spotify? Probably not. Yep. And you know now you start stacking these things up. And now you get, you know, you got six of them or eight of them or however many. And it makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I, I totally get the music thing because, um, if you're just listening to music, like I do all day, I mean, the music's still the same, still the same song. Yeah. I don't think any, if you're going to get paid to still listen to the same stuff, why not? Now, you know, one of the things, Dan, that I've, I've got notes here is you, you guys currently have billions of hours are spent on. Yeah, you know, web two platforms, the time data and attention invested by those users provide the foundation for what you guys are doing at earn mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm curious about how you go about capturing that. Like, how do you bring this? Like, I get the idea. I get the concept. I think it's cool. But you mentioned like all of a sudden now we've got 300,000 people that are listening that weren't before. How do you get this out for people to even know it exists? Yeah.
1: So, so, uh, yeah, a lot to unpack there. So the the first um, kind of t- thing that you mentioned here is is yeah, Philippines is one of the most interesting places uh, we've seen uh, in in like you know not only Web three but also just uh, what I'll say is like broader reward and earning apps. Um, it's one of our largest user bases, um, and and like it's a certain type of uh, consumption habits. And part of the vision of what NFT was um, is that you know we designed it so that it's targeted to uh, kind of like that more budget conscious consumer and there's opportunities for them. Um, and then there's, it's also targeted to higher income uh, consumers. So because you asked this question around distribution um, that's where this, this kind of comes in. So things like the Axi infinity effect is what I like to call. And this idea of like using these platforms um, is, is, is really a product of using, you know, reward platforms, play to earn gaming, et cetera. And so what EarnFT is essentially is kind of an evolution of the play to earn model, but expanding it outside of just gaming, expanding it into any type of system where there is a point and reward type of mechanic, whether it's in gaming, whether it's in reward apps, whether it's in, you know, uh, cashback portals, whatever that might be. And uh, the thought process here is um, we don't actually make the consumer uh, choose just the Web3 reward. Um, They can. But the idea here is like, so say that in any platform you go in, you earn like say 5,000 points, right? And the 5,000 points is usually related to the in-app currency of that platform. So the Web2 platform. And so what we're uh, pitching to essentially platforms is, well, give them for that 5,000 points, say you get a dollar on PayPal, whatever it might be, give them a free Web3 reward as well. So it's actually just an additional reward, right? Right. And and in that uh, Web three reward, which is kind of a, is, a, is an asset that we uh, for NFT called an ENFT, which is an NFT backed NFT. It's backed by a variable amount of coins, so you don't know if there's half a coin inside of this ENFT or hundred thousand. So there's kind of this gamified earning mechanic, and so now that consumer is earning a stable reward, maybe that Web two reward, maybe that's that dollar on PayPal, but they're also getting this variable reward uh, that they don't know whether it's half a coin or 100,000 coins, and they're getting that free Web3 reward. Because the fundamental goal is, um, can you reward them better uh, than what they were getting rewarded before? And then can you do it in a way that's easy uh, for them to get exposed to it? And that's how you get massive distribution. And there are millions, tens of millions of people every hour that uses these various platforms, these earning platforms, our platform included, right? And we're the launchpad for this network, but this is designed for any type of Web2 kind of earning ecosystem. Um, is what we call it. And that's how you get that mass distribution out. So those earners are the exact people that are going to proliferate the earn FT, um, assets, um, you know, worldwide. Um, and that's, that's essentially how we design the model.
0: So on your site, your, the site talks about an upcoming sale for a, a blue three. Is that it? blue three chip?
1: Uh, uh it's a blue chip, blue chip. It's just a chip. Three okay. is like the play on the web three, but yeah, blue, sure. okay. the blue chip mobile NFT collection.
0: Yeah. So, so how are people going to earn from that? How is that going to work?
1: Yeah, so the idea uh, with that is, um, you know, it's like basically it was, it was an iteration for NFT around, um, you know, if you think about what we do on the Web2 side of things like mobile, uh, you know, we created a smartphone and smartphone software that earn you rewards um, in, in your everyday life. Um, and that's a specific target market that is focused in on that. Um, the idea for this uh, collection was and basically the launch of the network was like, what would um, a smartphone that earns uh, look like in the metaverse? And so each of these, uh, you know, what we call like uh, plans, like these NFT plans um, are essentially examples of blue chip NFTs that already exist. So like the the Bored Ape, the Mutant Ape, the Doodle, uh, the CyberCon. So these are all kind of what they call blue chips, just how you know blue chip stocks, whatever it is. And that was the play on words of the whole blue chip mobile NFT. And then we're like, okay, now we have this metaverse smartphone um, and then every time that there is a drop for a platform, so what that means essentially is, um, as I mentioned earlier, like the way that the platforms work is EarnFT partners with platforms like Mode Mobile or like a Rakuten or, or whatever it might be. Um, and it, it, the governance essentially issues a certain amount of coins to hand out to the users. So a percentage of those coins that are issued, like 22% are uh, reserved For blue chip mobile NFT holders. And so this is uh, designed to happen on a monthly basis per platform. So there could be 10 of these drops, so 10 million coins every month go out to the communities, and 22% of them are reserved for these holders of these various tiers. And so um, you're essentially earning these ENFTs um, as a holder. In addition to that, you get like the first ever NFT-linked smartphone, Uh, you get a metaverse phone, and you also get membership to the underlying community, of other like blue chip traders and um, that are that are in that target market because there's only a limited amount of them. Uh, but this is the first ever metaverse and NFT phone, right? And forever and always, our NFT network is launching uh, first one of them.
0: And who would have thought that a board ape or a crypto punk or a mutant would be the leader in something new in technology? It's just. Uh... It's a fascinating economy, and don't try to explain it to your parents, folks. It's uh, it's it's a long, it's a long beefy conversation that will. That my (laughs) parents were like, I literally like, they saw like uh, my profile picture
1: was this ape, and then (laughs) I like honestly when I was explaining to them, I was like, man, I sound stupid. (laughs) Like I I was like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation. You know, and I was like, then I was trying to explain it, and uh, I feel like actually towards the end they were starting to get it. But, but they were, I think it was just like one thing, like, you know, we love you anyways, you know, type deal. <laughs> so that was a it,
0: it's uh yeah, that invariably will, uh, usually result in, in the comment of, so you're buying and selling JPEGs.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's potentially, I mean, we, we, we don't personally trade them. Like we're like kind of holders, uh, long-term uh, cause I mean, that's the whole design of like the ecosystem, but, um, you know, I know a lot of people that do. You know, and that's what they're, you know, such yeah. really enjoy doing, spending hours on Discords and Reddit's and things like that.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not to that. I'm not that progressive. I'm maybe more of a follower in that regard. I do find it to be completely interesting, though. I understand. You know, I I mentioned working in the music industry. I was also a ticket broker for several years. So you don't have to explain the concept of scarcity and supply and demand on those days. But yeah, it's a it's really interesting how how this works. You know, I, I think one of the things that that somewhat is confusing for people is when you hear crypto, you, they, the word currency being in it. So I think that people that don't understand what it is and like how this works, this, this is transactional value and different things that exist. But, you know, they say, well, is this currency? Like you're not going to take Apecoin, Well, at least not anytime soon and go, go to Seven Eleven and buy a, a slurpee with it. It's yeah. not, necessarily how that works but yeah. um you know i we'll figure it out eventually or we'll just all get old to the point where maybe ApeCoin will be how we get paid i i'm thinking about telling my employees that they're going to get bonus soon and then just paying them with nfts that we create yeah you know maybe maybe I, yeah. they'll be worth something maybe they won't
1: yeah well we we our a lot of our timbers uh they get they can get paid in tether or bitcoin. I mean, we go through a platform on this, but yeah, we did feel that yeah. like it would make sense to enable the the crypto payments for the team.
0: So how how big of it? You know, we're we're sitting here kind of chuckling and joking about explaining this to our parents and in general. I mean, sometimes one one of the biggest problems with anything that's new or emerging. Um, and I go back to like a couple comments ago about you know having been a ticket broker for a while. Like I was there when E tickets came out and people just didn't get it. You know, they're like, where's my ticket stub? Yeah. You know, and you're like, no, you can same thing with like mobile ticketing and stuff like that. Now, eventually people just figured it out. And some of it was because the primary issuer of said tickets finally said, you know what, we're not even sending ticket stubs anymore. Figure this out people. Yeah. How big of a challenge is that with what you do is just getting people to quote, get it. Well, I think, uh, depends who we're, we're
1: talking about. Uh, yeah so, so I, I think that's a constant challenge um, that everyone in, in web3 will is underlyingly facing right it, We're still talking of a relatively early um, cohort like even the, some of the people I interview from like amazing Silicon Valley companies like super smart bright people interested in cool ideas they know Web3 is here but or is, 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 is hot but they don't really exactly know and it's not like you know risk mitigated yet. You're seeing all these funds that are coming out. So I think that we're moving towards that direction. Um, but that's kind of like goes back to the underlying principle and actually the foundation of how we have approached the model, which we're like, okay, um, Web3, I have no doubt in my mind uh, in the next decade will proliferate. Like, you know, and 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 it'll, the, the, the tools, the servicing, all that stuff will be here. But right now we're just not fully there. I would say like we're in this transitionary period. So what we're focused on is can you expose people in a way that's easy, doesn't necessarily require a wallet, um, is part of like, you know, their underlying daily like, reward or habit, and how do you just bring the barrier down to just expose it um, in the very lowest common denominator way? And uh, we do that, we believe to do that in, in Web2 platforms, and that's why we say we're Web3 enabled, right? Um, and so I think that that's the best way to kind of explain that and expose it where there's a very low risk of you getting in because literally it's just getting rewarded to you as part of something else. And I think that that's um, how we intend to expose this to tens of millions, hundred million, hundreds of millions of consumers um, You know, through not only our platform, but the broader platform that will um, eventually adopt um, our NFT network.
0: You're talking about how do you explain some of this stuff and, you know, a lot of things in life and especially as an entrepreneur or anything that you're selling, peddling, pushing, uh, has to do with just getting in front of the right people. Uh, you know, in the, in the 2022 Super Bowl, the ad that was the most talked about was the Q the bouncing QR code that Coinbase put out. Now, whether you use Coinbase or not, a lot of people thought that that was brilliant marketing because it basically to me, and I, I agree uh, because it said, if you don't know what this is, we don't care. Like, if you don't even know what a QR code is at this point, yeah, you're not going to be in our platform buying crypto. You're not going to be doing any of it because yeah. you don't get it. And right, right. I thought that that was the, the most brilliant part about that play was saying, hey, look, okay, we're fine. If you don't know what this QR code is, what it does or how to activate it. You're not our target user. You're not our target customer, and you aren't likely to be for yeah. quite some time.
1: Yeah. It, it, well, I think it makes total sense. I think also, you know, Coinbase is pretty genius around it because you know, COVID propelled the use of the, of, the, of the QR code again. Like my parents would never have known to pull out a camera and scan a QR code a year and a half ago, to, or maybe or, sorry, not a year and a half maybe two and a half years ago. But then COVID came out and then QR code became like the norm because people don't want menus. And then now, but that in itself is also this evolution of just like the speed of which things are moving. And like COVID accelerated even further uh, that digital transformation. You now have people that were like in their 60s and 70s that didn't even know online grocery delivery exists and suddenly in their mind like, wow, I don't need to go to the grocery store and now I order groceries grocery all the time. But that in itself allows them to even wrap their head around what is Bitcoin? What is crypto? And now you have like people of my dad's age that you know, I'll randomly go visit my parents and then there'll be a dinner. And then people are like, can you help me buy Bitcoin? Like, and I'm seeing that from like people that I grew up with that like super huge skeptics saying that. And I mean, the fact is, I mean, it is moving towards that. And now that Biden and this executive order came out around the digital dollar and all this stuff, you're just seeing more buy-in of that, right? And I think that that's, it's inevitable. Web3 movement's inevitable. And so it'll happen again in the next decade. We're not fully there, but we're heading there. Um, and we've been in the space for like five, six years. And I mean, it's, it's much larger now than it has ever been, uh, you know, even though, you know, we're down, whatever, 50%, 40% of what it was, like a couple of months ago, but like, these are short term bursts, right? Long term, this is, um, it's gonna be very interesting.
0: Yeah, if you're looking for stability that crypto might not be there for you yet. By the way, the most genius part of that ad was that the square actually squared itself up in the upper right-hand corner, uh, activating the memory of all of us that obsessed over the office. For several years and you oh, know, yeah. always just, yeah, that was the, that was the main thing. That was the most genius part about that. And I don't think most people even caught that. I didn't even but, know that. No. Yeah. That's, that was. Yeah, so in the office, they were like, there was an episode where they're sitting there, you know, there was, the, you had these old screensavers and they never, the box never made I it heard. squarely into the corner. Yeah. And that's how the Coinbase ad ended, which was pretty genius because that gave so many of us office users our watchers uh, a sense of satisfaction that hopefully all you listeners, and I can't even tell you what episode of the office that is. So watch all of them yeah. and, then e- and then email my business partner, Matt Watson, not me, that you finally get it. So well, you know, once again, a big thank you to today's episode sponsor. That was Canva. You can find more info about Canva in the show notes, canva.com. And uh, with Canva, you can work together. Yeah. From wherever, And you can get on the same page as your team with seamless real-time collaboration. So what are you going to design today? You know, explore and start designing for free at Canva.com. Maybe you have a concept for your own uh, NFTs, and that's a good place to get some of that started. And you know, I'm so fascinated. I love anything that helps creators get paid. And I think the flip side of that is letting the people that support the creators get paid. So I'm, I'm, I like what you're doing, Dan. I really do. I think it's really cool. Now, uh, you know, I end my episodes of Startup Hustle with what we call the Founders Freestyle. And it's a chance for you and I to both kind of talk about what we talked about and what made sense and what didn't. And, you know, I say my episodes of Startup Hustle, I'm not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in because we now have weekly episodes from Matt Watson. You've got Andrew Morgans talking about e-commerce and, uh, and Amazon brand acceleration. And Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her, who talks about a lot of stuff that, quite honestly, I'm not brave enough to talk about. So, uh, you know, all doing some very specific things. And I'm very interested in the way this works because imagine what it would be like if you could get paid to listen to Startup Hustle. We'd probably have more people coming through the whole lifetime of the show. Um, yeah, exactly. there's a couple, there's a couple people that have reached out and they're, they're trying to catch up, you know, we're uh, coming up on 850 episodes by the time this one had come out and yeah. they, and some of these people have gotten mad at us because we were three days a week, then we were four days and then we were five and they're like, what the hell? I'm never going to catch up. So yeah. It, <laughs> anyway, back to the, back to the freestyle. What, what do we leave out? What stood out or what would you like to say as we, uh, as we come to a close here?
1: uh well i well just on that thought i uh you know being able to get paid to listen to startup hustle is on our product roadmap uh we do have the ability to uh in, embed uh podcasts into the service we just haven't done it yet focus more on the on the music side but it is something that's uh in the roadmap i know for sure so i think that will come true uh one day you know and then i'll let you know when that happens and we could feature it uh to our millions of users
0: overall, like when we, as we talk about RNFT and what you guys are doing at Mode Mobile, I mean, out of our conversation today, I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the key ingredient? What's something that you really want everyone to make sure they heard?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, more, more from a broader sense. I mean, I, I I know that there's, you know, we talked about some of the skepticism of kind of like where we are in the space and, you know uh, you know, this is still a very new industry. Right. And we're kind of at the tip of this but I think that we're in the the midst of like the biggest wealth transfer in history Um, and we'll continue to be um, over the course of the next few years. And um, I think the one difference this time is that it's not just for the insiders. And I think, you know, for what at least we focus on is like, you know, our products are traditionally focused more on the budget conscious consumer, um, especially at mode mobile. But the things that we're uh, moving towards in this industry are targeted to all types of uh, backgrounds and, and users. And I think that, just getting that initial exposure is, is kind of the one thing that I would, you know, advise anyone to do. And even if it's like 0.1% of your net worth, um, don't sleep on it, right? It's going to be a massive movement and it's very exciting. And, you know, listening to things like this, I think will uh, definitely move forward for a lot of the people listening.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I hope all of you listening have been joined yeah. the NFT series. Uh, I, I'll just tell you, I had to learn. I had to get in, really dive in and learn A lot of this myself, and I and before we go in and do a series, I you know it's what you think you know about crypto and NFT is probably far different than what you should know or could know. I mean, I did a whole lot of stuff, man. I did I I bought and sold NFTs, and I've minted them at this point, and you know, I mean, I've learned the difference between all the different kinds, you know, what they what they do and how they do it. It's not just buying and selling JPEGs, which is honestly what. Too many of you think is what it NFTs are.
1: That's that's yeah. the
0: future yeah. of this internet is
1: community and creators, and right. uh, that's what people are buying when they buy a board ape. because the is 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 a member is essentially the acceptance of that community, right? It's a limited thing, and we see that happening in society. You know, think of country clubs, people with memberships like Soho House, etc. Like people want those things, and that's what essentially people are getting uh, when they buy that board ape. and it's a movement, right? And a movement that resonates with them. Um, so I think. Yeah,
0: and and that's and that's the that's the key point here is, uh, you know, there there are just so many people that well, yeah, I I'm old at this point. I turned forty seven this year, so I remember people talking about when the internet was going to be a fad, or yeah. and I'm and I'm even so old that I was I'm old enough to remember when the personal computer was going to be a fad. Yeah. And yeah, I even had floppy floppy disks at one point, Dan, that's how freaking old I'm getting, bro. And now we're going to have to have a whole nother episode to talk me down. But no, I'm I'm just kidding. I mean, well, I, I think, I think this, yeah, I,
1: you're, 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 getting, you're, you're, you're diving in, you know what?
0: Uh, I, I'm experienced. It, well, maybe not as experienced with this stuff as I need to be now. Like I look at this stuff and it's like, Hey, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, technology, like change all of it, this is a great thing to dive into. Like from you know, whether it's for you or whether it's not. And I do agree with the diversification thing. Like you know, I, I know a lot of people that have made a lot of money on a lot of this stuff. And it's, and it's the funny thing is it's a lot of them are actually kind of the people that I, on many levels, thought would never make any money, and now I'm realizing that they're a hell of a lot smarter than most of us. So I'm gonna maybe go do a little tears and beers and cry about that because I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who, by the way, owns a very large slice of mutant apes, and he called me up a while ago and he, you know, he said to me, he said. So of all the things we've talked about over the last 15 years that we thought would get rich, did you ever think pictures of apes would be on my list? Yeah. Uh I said, no, dude, that was about 500,000th on the list, but, uh, you know it is what it is. So, well, Dan, thanks for joining me, man. I'm going to check in. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, all of the, all of your sites and all of your stuff, a a really hard look. I really appreciate you clarifying so much of this and teaching me about so much more and hopefully everyone else listening learned a bunch too. So check, check it out. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it, man.